0: everybody. I'm your host, Matt, and before we get to our episode today, we want to hear how we can make Fifth Draw better for you. Do you have a topic you'd like us to cover or a guest you'd like us to get on? Please let us know. Now, enjoy the episode. And our guest today is a returning guest for the second time, uh, Riley. Welcome back.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me back. I'm always excited to talk about the nerd stuff I love. <laughs>
0: Hey, that's, that is 100% my brand here, so we are doing good. So, hey. Riley, uh, what are we talking about today?
1: So today, I have tricked you into letting me talk about punk music and the many variations of. And, oh, God, that's going to be good, because punk is my favorite genre. It's just my favorite music all around. I find it very versatile and interesting, and so, like, to talk about it. It's going to be the tops, Matt. It's going to be real good. (laughs) I'm
0: excited. I am ready for this. Um, This is going to reveal a thing about me to everybody in that, by and large, I am... Okay, I went through band in middle school and high school, did the whole marching band thing, all that jazz. I am music dumb when it comes to any sort of like popular on-the-radio music, Mm -hmm. so this will be a trip, because I'm just going to be like... I don't. I don't know, I don't yeah. know anything.
1: That, that sounds like a that sounds like a band, all right. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm gonna, that. I'm gonna walk you through from the uh, from from the beginning, on to the now, and it's gonna. It'll, all right. Well, it'll come out pretty good. I,
0: I I'm excited. I am eager to learn. This is completely new for me on any sort of in depth level. So. Uh, that's like hundred percent why I'm here for this, so uh what are we looking at first
1: so first off, we should start at the beginning, which is a very good place to start. We should go like when I say punk music what what do you think? what do you think when i say punk
0: uh when when you say punk, I think steampunk or cyberpunk or diesel punk or <laughs> um, of- i mean look, you asked uh <laughs>
1: <laughs> that puts us yeah. at a good, uh, that puts us at a decent of starting point, because, like, what makes those interesting? Those, what makes those in their own punk? Because they're not, you know, they're not punk, like, when we think of jean jackets and mohawks, they're punk as in, like, they are a, uh, counterculture's the wrong word, but they're a combination of people that come together.
0: Yeah, it is, it is, it is a rejection of some facet of modern culture, um. For generally for steampunk and cyberpunk, it's aesthetic and kind of, I guess, just kind of the core values of a culture. Because steampunk is all about like making with your own hands and cyberpunk is all about like, well, I hate you and I'm going to sit on the Internet forever. Yep. Yep. And maybe Shadowrun.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's like and so like the biggest part about punk to me, and I guess I should leave this off with I am a I'm a huge fan of punk. But like what I say obviously is not gospel. And so if you're out there and you're listening to it, you're like, I think this guy's just full of crap. I don't I don't think anything he says is right. That that could also be accurate. So don't I'm not saying gospel here and I don't think I am, but I'm I punk, what makes punk special in all of its forms, and like is that if you are a person and you find that you feel like you don't have anywhere else to go at any point in your life punk music and the punk culture can be there for you and that's what makes it so awesome is that like if you're a teenager in high school and are frustrated then oh hey listen to these punk albums they're frustrated too if you're in college and you're nostalgic and tired oh hey they got these those are still there too if you want to wear jean jackets and look like everybody else and like look like the who punk says you should look like then oh yeah you can do that but if you don't that's fine too like it's (laughs) it's so important to me like that ideal that anybody should be allowed to listen to punk music and be into punk music because a lot of times punk can get like a uh, elitist feel to it punk can have a feeling like um if you don't wear this jean jacket you don't have the mohawk if you wear like anything else if you look put together if you look like you're doing it people think like sellout people can think like oh you don't belong here oh you're a poser you're just a. you're like here you're a culture here tourist and that's not in my experience and in my belief of what punk should be those things don't happen because if you want to listen to punk music you're a punk boom you nailed it you're here welcome
0: nice okay so let's yeah that fits with what i understand as punk so um how does that translate into the music, into, like, the core of punk?
1: So I'm going to start here and just go off the top. Back in the 70s, there was a band called the Sex Pistols. They're overrated, and they're obnoxious to listen to, and they're led by a man named Johnny Rotten, who was a walking trash can of a human. He goes against everything that I just said. He's very much like, oh, if you don't wear your, your jean jackets, then you're terrible. You ain't punk. He... He was... The Sex Pistols were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in, I think, 2006. And he sent in a letter. It's like, I don't want to be part of your stupid establishment thing. And then recorded a commercial for Butter. Like, he's a hypocrite and he's a turd. And he is, like, what people think of when people think of garbage elitist punk. So, the three bands that started punk were the Sex Pistols, the Clash, and the Ramones. That's your classic three. The Ramones brought pop punk the clash brought what i think would be called like the post pop punk or what would be um punk rock or more intricate levels of punk where they do more experimental things and the sex pistols brought thrash punk and like straight up pure punk which okay to me those are differentiations because the sex pistols have a uh, very much like None of us know how to play an instrument, which is fine. For punk, that's that's fine. That's, like, that is admirable. But, like, they're uh, their noise, they're unbalanced, they're loud. Like, they're all about just, like, I am here, and I wish to be in your face screaming at you. And, like, sometimes th- that works. Like, Iggy Pop or, um, or the Dead Kennedys. Like, those are... Or Black Flag. Those are bands that are in your face and yelling and intense, but are there's a word here but they came from the sex pistols the sex pistols blazed that trail in that direction of squatting in apartments like uh going out like wearing the same jean jacket for the rest of your life like they are very much that idea of punk okay yeah any questions so far
0: nope sounds like a good foundational place to be
1: all right so we have those three punk bands back in the day. And the Sex Pistols created that the Clash what they created was a more in my opinion the most interesting version of punk here where it was so much of we're going to play punk music but also I feel like doing a reggae song. Oh man, also I feel like I feel like doing like a weird like a radio rock song like the Clash did they played what they wanted to play. Like they just would switch their style and switch whatever they wanted to do. Basically almost with multiple, uh, with, like, within an album, they go through multiple styles. So if you listen to The Clash's (laughs) London Calling, like, they have, um, they have, like, you know, their classic punk songs in there. They have, like, a old, uh, I think a New Wave Ska song, uh, called Message to You, Rudy. They've got, um, Lost in the Supermarket. They have so many songs that go through different styles, and that is very interesting to me, because they're still, that is still, you know, one of the foundational punk records, but the way that um, the way that they worked from that to then just to play whatever they want is something that I've liked to do Like when I play music is that you don't conscribe yourself to the label you don't go, well I'm a punk band so I have to do this you go, oh I'm a punk band but I can do whatever I want the world is my oyster
0: Yeah, I, I have listened to The Clash uh, London Calling is one of the few like full albums that I have mm-hmm. on my phone kind of all the time I love it. That's yeah. good stuff, and it is wildly different from track to track.
1: Yeah, and that's so engaging. That's such an interesting thing that, like, a lot of bands don't do. A lot of bands hit a style and hit a sound and go, you know what? This we're just gonna ride this on out. <laughs> we're gonna stick with it. But that wasn't good enough for the Clash, and I yeah. love them for that. <clears throat>
0: um, awesome.
1: Yeah, and then so our third, our third pillar, if you will, of punk music will come to us in the form of the Ramones. So the Ramones, you know the Ramones. Like, black leather jackets, all all the same hair, like, sitting there and uh, all using the last name Ramone and playing three-chord punk music. And the way they would write songs, if they had trouble writing a song, they would say, I wanna, and then just fill in that blank. And then boom, there you (laughs) go, there's your song. And, like, if you look through... Like their discography, you're like, oh yeah, that is that's exactly, that's exactly what they did. But they were all about energy, and almost in a di- in the same thing that the Sex Pistols were about. But the Ramones were about energy and being just like <sighs> about energy and being consistent in it, in the way that Sex Pistols were about energy and being chaotic with it. So it's like it's your lawful lawful <laughs> lawful punk and chaotic punk, I guess. Okay. <laughs>
0: i could get behind that as an rpg alignment system i would oh
1: i would love just a, a all barred system <laughs> that would be dope because you'd go chaotic punk neutral punk lawful punk and at the top yeah i feel like pop would be the opposite side but i feel like that's not maybe country maybe you could do lawful country neutral country <laughs> chaotic country. oh
0: and what would be in the middle would, would just pop be in the middle
1: I feel like pop is where they would meet. They would they would fold their way in.
0: In, in place of like a, a neutral ground between punk and country would be pop.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. That would, that would be outstanding. That would be outstanding because yeah, I would, I very much go lawful punk. I like that a lot or chaotic pop. Both of those are, those are right next to each other, and I like both of those a lot. <laughs> Weirdly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a very good meeting ground. Because it causes some people a lot of duress. And I love that.
0: (laughs) Hey, look, music is supposed to make you feel stuff. And if it's not doing something there, then it's doing it wrong.
1: Exactly. So, okay. So with punk, we now have our three pillars. We have, you have gained a basic understanding of where almost all punk music has come from. A lot of people would consider the Buzzcocks in as one of, as like a hidden fourth pillar but I don't know a super ton a lot about the Buzzcocks. And I just know that they're very good. So uh, if you want to go Google the song uh, uh, Ever Fallen In Love With Someone You Shouldn't Have Fallen In Love With Ever Fallen In Love With Someone You Shouldn't Fallen In Love With. That is such a title. But they're a real good band from around that same time. Um, nice. So yeah, So you have that foundation for punk. If you wanted to listen to some punk, just pull up your Spotify. Pull up Black Flag. That's my favorite because Henry Rollins is a very interesting character. Uh, you might know you might know him as uh, Zaheer in the uh, third book of Avatar uh, of uh, Legends of oh. Korra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zaheer. Henry Rollins is what makes him very interesting is that at some point he kind of comes up with comes up against what another forerunner of the punk scene would be, as in Johnny Rotten. Where Johnny Rotten was all about like yeah let's do all the drugs all the time. Henry Rollins was straight edge, which I find very interesting. And some people like straight edge punk and straight edge is something that can either come up against people or people like it a lot. Like I uh, I was straight edge for high school through college, and like I was I wasn't a dick about it. But some straight edge punks can be like well there's a song called I don't have to be straight edge to be better than you and I can't think of what <laughs> band that's by, but there's a lot of that concept of it, and it's like, that's a little bit much back down, and Henry Rollins sometimes leans a bit towards that one, which is a little bit stressful, but he's a real intelligent guy, and he's got muscles for days, and Black Flag's just a really enjoyable band if you like high-energy, high-octane punk music. So nice. That is my quick thesis on punk as a whole at the beginning.
0: Yeah, yeah. Where where do we go from there on punk? Like it I can't imagine something like this remains static.
1: Oh you would you would imagine correct. Now I'm gonna move from there. We have our three pillars, so we basically have three three alternate paths to follow. We have we have our green, red and blue endings here. And I'm gonna follow okay. <laughs> I'm gonna follow my favorite and go off on pop punk for a bit. And so pop punk. I feel like really became popular in the 90s. It was uh, the first pop-punk albums were things like um, The Offsprings, uh, Smash, and some of the early Green Day albums. Those were things that really started coming to prominence and brought together a sound and an uh, energy where it is that same fun ha- fun controlled energy but also with like a, a side of youthfulness to it, which is something that I really enjoy because a lot of older punk it's about youth in the way that youth is chaotic and youth is uh youth is like just like an explosion of colors and sounds whereas pop punk is more about youth as in like boom in the 90s it was about being like immature and making butt jokes in the 2000s <laughs> it was about being sad and right now in pop punk or post pop punk it's about being nostalgic and tired all the time and wanting to wanting things to go back to the way they were but knowing the things that were the way they were aren't weren't great and you don't know what to do about it which is speller it's <laughs> pop punk is a is a genre I've grown up with and has grown up with me and it is stunning so early pop punk we have our green day offspring we have blink 182 of course that's my band t-shirt today we have nice. um See, I, we have lag wagon. Lag wagon is a good uh, direction between punk rock and pop punk, because what makes pop punk so different is that it is a little more polished. It is a little more immature. It has its um, it has tighter melodies. It has harmonies, which your original punk wouldn't have. Excuse me, wouldn't have at all. It has um. It usually follows a three chord or like a easy to remember chord structure and (laughs) the songs won't usually hit much longer than three minutes, 30 seconds. It hits that sweet spot of music. Now, after it got, um, immature and silly with bands like Blink and everything, then more bands started to come out of the woodwork that would then take inspiration from them and then some of the punk in the, uh the punk rock in the 80s yeah punk rock in the 80s it would pull from that like the cure and become more um and become more intricate and sad and that this is my sweet spot is 2000s pop punk where it's the academy is taking back sunday brand new like it is sad and i love it emo pop punk or a skinny jean pop punk is my jam nice and like, what they drew from was both the energy of pop punk that has been through it throughout, but it's also been more introspective and sad. Which I love sad music. Like that's just that's on me as a person. <laughs> like, I just <laughs> I just will forever go like, oh, I want to listen to this sad album. I want to listen to this super depressing album. Let me just put this on right here. And oh, why did I come here? And, like, just plow <laughs> through an entire album and talk about how it's great because it's just crippling. And, like, um, an example of that album, Modern Album, that came out last year would be Sorority Noise, came out with an album called You're Not As Blank As You Think You Are. And it is incredibly sad because it, it's, like, it's an album that deals with death and, like, the death of one of his friends. Uh, oh, God. I don't know how much you want me to talk about that, because it's a bit of a bummer, but like...
0: <laughs> hey, well, whatever we need to talk about to get a feel for what this is.
1: All right, so this album is about, um, like, Sorority Noises, We're not You're Not As Blank As You Think You Are, is about the first song, at least, and the entire album is dealing with it. Uh, a year ago, the lead singer's friend, Sean, killed himself, which sucks. And the first song is about him go in town hanging out, and like uh him going oh man like i should go by and see sean driving to his house and getting out of the car and going to the door and realizing he's not he's not there it's been a year and then he writes the entire first song there on this like on that spot and it's it's a rough song because he couldn't go to the funeral because he was out on the road and he knows that his friend would have wanted him to stay on the road like and the entire album is dealing with that and like the frustration the second song has an outro where it's Just, it's not written lyrics, and they're not, like, it's just him yelling into a microphone in one take, like, just, like, saying things he wish he had said. And it's so emotional and so moving, and it's just so sad. (laughs) Like, it's such a good and complex album to get these emotions across and then to also make you feel those emotions. It's something that punk does that obviously every other genre does, but people don't expect it from punk and for some reason punk feels intimate to me it feels like it's like the person is writing not to me but it's like it's it's like being let in cuz you let yourself be so vulnerable cuz it's a it's that shared idea of like well n- neither of us had anywhere to go so we came here and now we're both here together and now you're telling me things it's like it it leads to a level of vulnerability that obviously exist in all their music but i find it to be the strongest in punk and something that i just i love what um one thing that happened with pop punk that really hadn't happened before as far as punk music at its time of creation was coming out was it ended up on the radio a lot and so you you know you wouldn't hear things like the clash on the radio besides on a classic station now but you would hear Green Day or Offspring on those radios. You would hear My Chemical Romance. You'd hear bands like that. And that would expand punk music to a bunch of people that wouldn't have already been into it. And they served as an entry point. It serves as a gateway drug. Which some people are like, oh, then those bands aren't really punk. They don't count. But to me, it's quite the opposite. Because without those bands, I wouldn't have gotten into punk music. Without those bands, like... I don't know if punk music would have flourished the same way it did. Because, like, if you, I, I remember it being in a college, te- like being in a college town working at a Jimmy John's at like 3 a.m. and Newfound Glory comes on the radio and everybody knows all downhill from here. Because it's like, oh, yes, that played when we were in high school all together. We all remember this, yes? Ah, oh, that, that was a good time. And it's something that, like, <laughs> crosses uh, boundaries because it's like, it is, we we all listen to that in high school and so like that sticks with it and then those people some of them go and get into more punk some of them go in and just like stay on the pop side of things but regardless there's that common bond between people that wouldn't that usually wouldn't have that greeting because like I can go talk to people who listen to fallout boy and they range like that, that genre itself like that band itself ranges so much as far as like the people who are into it like the Honda Civic Tour in 2000 and I think 2010 like that was a plus 44 Paul Wall Cobra Starship um, taking back Sunday and the Academy it is like at such a weird band such a weird selection of bands that are all kind of different but um, they all fit together and the people in that crowd fit together and it's it creates a unity and again biggest thing about punk is creating unity I do not like elitist punks because I feel like they're trying to take that away. They're trying to take something that is made for everybody and make it for them. Hmm. But yeah, it's... Pop punk music is very, very important to me. If you want to listen to pop punk music, especially like if you want to listen to like that 90s, early 2000s pop punk, Lagwagon has an album called... uh, I think my older brother used to listen to Lagwagon is what the album's called, which I love. That's a good title. (laughs) And they also have one called Double Platinum. Like, Platinum, but Plaid. That's also great. And then for your classic uh, pop-punk stylings, like, what you think of when you think of Skinny Jean pop-punk. Oh, God, I just opened up my Spotify to, like, look, and, like, Yellow Card, Ocean Avenue, everyone knows that. Like, Sum 41's All Killer, No Filler, (laughs) Less Than Jake's Anthem, Boxcar Racer, Self-Titled, Brand new, Dejan Tandu, is one of the best albums I've heard of in such a long time. And, oh god, pop punk's just so good, guys. Alkaline Trio, From Here to the Infirmary. Like, I could just talk for hours about pop punk albums themselves and just list list all the ones you should listen to. Because you'll click them and you'll be like, man, this is... Your first reaction could be a sense of uh, nostalgia, but it also be like, this is kind of immature and bring you back and you don't want that. That's fine. But like, to me, there's nothing better than being brought back and being able to look at it now. I don't know. That's that's pop punk.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: All right. All right. So- that
0: sounds that sounds good. So uh, nice. It's It's a good it shows a nice evolution to it. Really,
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Uh, you can kind of you can see where it came from, which mm-hmm. which I enjoy seeing and things like this.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll go back, much like Star Wars, and get into those into that uh, where it came from in prequels. <laughs> but I'm gonna move to the next one now and talk about my current genre of post pop punk. This is I don't I haven't heard it called post pop punk by anyone else, but like I just that's clearly what it is to me. It's a acknowledgement of what pop punk was in the early 2000s but it's different enough that I don't feel comfortable calling it the same title okay post pop punk today bands like the Menzingers modern baseball the front bottoms it collides with indie music and um that is such a broad category that it's hard to understand what I mean by that but um it co- it comes in with <sighs> People, some people would say hipster. I feel like that's really reductive. But um, it's people that want to do a little bit more in that similar way that The Clash wanted to do more. So, like, <clears throat> modern baseball, the music that they write is a lot about reflection and, like, being like, God, I wish I wasn't like that. I wish I, wish I wish the things that happened to me growing up didn't happen in that way, and so I maybe would have been different. Maybe, like... This could have happened. Maybe I like. I want to start from the top, like, and the songs by the front bottoms are about like being like, I don't like this. I don't like what I've become. I don't think people like what I've become, and like they have a lyric that um kills me in it in a song called Twin Size Mattress. It's the outro. It's the bridge, and it goes, uh, she hopes I'm cursed forever to live on a twin size mattress in somebody's attic or basement all my life." Never graduating, never growing up to find another. And my nightmares will have nightmares every night. Every night, every night. Like, it's heart-crushing. And I love that. Because it's angry and it's sad. And, like, it's a song that he's singing about himself. Going, I'm wrong here. And, like, that's a feeling that, like, I don't know. Growing up right now and being alive right now. And, you know, being 24 right now is going... I don't, like, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with all this. I don't know where I'm supposed to go with all this. And, like, they'll do things where, like, it'll get loud and distorted, and, like, the music will clip and then it will cut and go back to the slow. <clears throat> There's just so much to it that's about emotion and energy. Like, everything. I say energy so much in this, but this one is much more about going, yeah, I'm vulnerable. I I've messed up somewhere along the line. I've been I don't know how to fix where I am or what I am. I just know that I want to fix it, and I don't know how. It's about that feeling of frustration that people say a quarter life crisis isn't a thing, but I I would argue otherwise. Like (laughs) it's
0: I'm with you. I feel you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, dude. It's it's so. Like, important to me, and like how I've gotten to hear to follow post pop punk, to follow pop punk, punk, all of it to write to hear to this moment, and especially because that's what this is it's those people that listened to the pop punk in the 2000s and in the 90s and said, That's great, but like, I don't feel like making butt jokes today, or you know, that's great, but I don't want this to be a sad song about that girl, like, she didn't do anything to me, I think I messed it up. It's about taking, like, a lot of it, to me, is about taking ownership of things and realizing that hmm. I'm I'm probably to blame here quite a bit, actually, <laughs> and that's something that, you know, pop punk didn't have a lot of. It had a lot of, that girl's bad, she's mean, she hurt my feelings, no! <laughs> Which isn't necessarily the best outlook, instead of maybe having a bit of introspection, and Post-punk does, <clears throat> and it has a more mature, energized sound. And instead of thirty-year-olds singing songs about high school, it's forty-year-olds singing songs about college, which <laughs> probably doesn't equal out all that well. But <laughs> <laughs> that's hey, a weird it's still thing it's still
0: relevant, has. though, which is oh, yeah. which is the the important thing.
1: They can write from that perspective, which is all I care about. Like I don't like that's a weird thing that pop punk did that um, isn't. That's some of its critics will talk about where it's like, well, Green Day, they're like, they're 40 and they're singing like songs that are popular for high schoolers. It's like, yeah, but what do you what do you want, bud? Like, of course they did. Like, it's just they wanted to write at that. They wanted to write from them. And an important thing here that I have kind of skimmed over is how important teenagers, specifically teenage girls, are to music people will, like, kind of talk down about a band because, like, oh, a teenage girl, te- like, te- teenage girls like that. Uh, it's like, so? Like, that's what's so cool is, like, when a, you know, when a older guy likes music, like, sometimes they'll listen to that and be like, oh, that's a little too, you know, immature for me. Or, like, ah, oh, you know, I don't like what they did. I think they're a sellout here. But, like, teenagers, and specifically, in this case, teenage girls, get into music and get into it so goddamn hard. They pull they leave nothing on the table like it happened with the Beatles it happened with you know like Michael Jackson it happened with uh, Green Day like it's like all these things are like and fallout boy, it's people going, no, I love this and it's just a part of me and I want to let them know that I love it it's they don't have the filter that says like I I did like I think that this shouldn't be super good or Oh, I don't know if other people think I'm cool for liking this. It's <laughs> teenage girls are the most punk people in the world. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> it's it's so important to me as like a music fan to say to say that and push that agenda because like I just feel like teenagers get <laughs> on all the time, and that ain't fair to teenagers because <laughs> they're going through <laughs> a rough time already.
0: <laughs> Very true,
1: but yes. Pop punk, post pop punk. Um, one other interesting thing in uh, post pop punk that has been happening has been, um, I already talked about the uh, growth of like experimentation in it with the clipping out music and stuff. That's really cool. Because that's a thing that's been popular in 2016 music, or was popular in 2016 music, 2017 music a lot, was um, clipping music and bringing it to a, like taking your songs and cranking up the volume so much that it sounded distorted. You know what I mean? Like, when you play something mm-hmm. really loud in your headphones, it, like, it doesn't come through correctly. You don't hear all the levels. You don't hear, like, the, the intricacies of it. That's clipping. That's when, like... Oh, you do a podcast. You you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, why am I explaining this to you? But, um, punk music did that in, the 20, in 2016, like, modern baseball. Frank Ocean did that in, uh in his album, uh, Blonde. And it was seen throughout other parts of multiple musics, because what is so interesting about uh, clipping and using your mixing board as another instrument or as another layer to add a level of complexity to it is it says about that helplessness. It brings the music up to a point where it's louder and, like, crackling and, like, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to go. I don't... Here I am. Like... Modern baseball does that in uh, I can't think of the song it came off of, but it came off of the album Holy Ghost and it does. It it's like a guitar it's an acoustic song and then as like it's going through the chorus, like it gets like more distorted and more distorted and growing and growing and growing and growing and growing and then like like everything builds with the lyrics getting crushed and then it comes right back to the acoustic thing. Which leaves you with a sense of like kinda like holding on to like one like a handrail and being like, Are we are we good? Is this gonna be good? I think we'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about punk rock. Let's go back. Let's go back to uh, that that time I kind of jumped over. The 80s that were The Cure and the 90s section that didn't grow into pop punk. Because like what I think makes punk rock distinct from punk is that it doesn't get as processed and put together as pop punk does it doesn't get as chaotic and rough as punk does but it takes elements from both while keeping a middle ground that will keep it off the radio and keep it from keep real punks from thinking it's cool <laughs> or real okay. punks. I say real punks with quotations because again that's the, real punks here TM means Johnny Rodden you're wearing my denim jacket so you're cool for me But <laughs> um, yeah so punk rock I would say I would say like Rise Against Bad Religion they're punk rock because they are they have melodies they have that uh, the same heavy distortion but they'll do more complicated things with their guitars they'll do more complicated things with their songwriting they will try to get more messages across they'll be put together they'll go here's how this song will work in this time and they will just genuinely to me be more interesting but for the punk side they'll keep like a. they'll keep a hard energy they'll keep like um a distaste (laughs) for for the, you know, the major media. They can keep being assholes to a degree because that's kind of what punk is, is to be a, mm-hmm. to be a dick. Like, at some point, <laughs> like, when you get too hard into being a punk, you just start being a dick. And it's one of those overly negative types. But, yeah, punk rock, no use for a name is another good one. But the way that... um. Punk rock approaches songwriting and energies makes it both accessible and inaccessible to people. If you're too hard on one of those sides, punk rock's gonna be too much for you. But if you are looking to just take it all in, I feel like punk rock is gonna sit very well with you. One interesting thing about punk rock is, yeah, it does allow a mixture of uh, a mix a mixture of people to be in it like the lead singer of Bad Religion, you know the bad the band Bad Religion, right?
0: mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
1: Okay, cool. He's a teacher at UCLA. He teaches English. He's a professor. Really? Yeah. He has classes like and then they tour in the summer. <laughs> like Huh? Yeah. Yep. All um, right. <laughs> the member the members of the uh the Offspring like graduated Berkeley like with music degrees. Like they are like <clears throat> there's so many Professionals is the wrong word, but people that people would think are too highbrow for punk that can play in punk rock that works that way, and that makes it very interesting to me, because it's a a collision of minds in a way. Now, if we take this Mm -hmm. back to The Cure in the 80s, The Cure is a band I have a very complicated feelings about, because I love covers of Cure songs. I do not like The Cure a ton. (laughs) Like, I want to. (laughs) Because they're very important, and the songwriting is very good, but I just, I find, like, a lot of their songs sound the same when you listen to just them doing it, which is, of course, a big beef that punk has as a whole, <laughs> is that it That sounds like the last one I listened to. Oh, uh, is this four white guys sad about a girl? Yeah, I guess it is. Mm, oh, this time it's got a trombone. Ooh, very, very saucy. <laughs> like... But, um, <clears throat> the cure helped start i guess emo would be the correct ways to phrase that is it created it created that ability for people to want to look for punks specifically to want to look inward and be like oh it's okay to be sad we don't have to be mad all the time there are more emotions that we can feel (laughs) and like there's so many bands out now that um will cite Um, or I guess there were so many bands out in the early 2000s that would cite The Cure as one of the reasons they started playing or as one of their major inspirations because of that because of the fact that it makes feeling cool (laughs) like that's like something I cannot be happy enough that has happened that's why The Cure is so important because without them that wouldn't have happened and like the the joy that comes in like Friday I'm in love or the um like the uh what is the song called? Um I can't think of the song called, but the song starts with the lyric, uh, I've been looking so long at these pictures of you that I almost believe that they're real. Like it's like um it's sadness that wasn't in punk music before that. That's yeah, just really cool. <laughs> I wish I had better words to phrase <laughs> that to articulate. I I punk rock can be covered a lot in other things, but I I can go over and talk in over each over each genre. Each of the four genres I've just presented you with. If you want punk, Black Flag. There. Just done. Done and done. You hit up Spotify, hit the <laughs> top ten tracks by Black Flag. You'll have some good stuff. All alternative mentions, Dead Kennedys. They're also going to be rough, but they're going to be leaning a little bit too close to the Sex Pistols for my personal taste. Or Rancid. R-A-N-C-I-D. They are my kind of punk band. Because they are very much... Tim Armstrong, the lead singer of Rancid, has said multiple times that punk is about inclusivity. Like, you don't need to look like me to listen to my music. And that is nice. super important.
0: Yeah, that's real good.
1: Why that's... Because I, I think he's beefed with Johnny Rotten before. And, like, that is so good to me. <laughs> and, like, they co- they cover great music. They used to be... Uh, the band used to be Operation Ivy, which was more of a ska band, which I didn't even touch ska music, but, like, ska music is a very, very fun way to take punk and mix it with horns, <laughs> and it is just a little bit up its own ass, but it's, it belongs there. It's better that way.
0: <laughs> I, I, I enjoy some ska. It, that's, yeah. that's some good stuff.
1: <clears throat> yep. Oh, man. All right. Punk Rock. No use for a name. They have a Greatest Hits album. Just check that out. Like... The lead singer, Tony Sly, is one of my favorite lyricists because he's just very, uh, he's, he is, poetic is the wrong word. And vulnerable is a word I've used so much in this. He doesn't care so much about the complexities of his rhyme or the complexities of like the words that he's trying to say as much as it is like, no, this is what I'm feeling. I just want to say it. Like, uh, I picture your face every day of my life and struggle to come up with lyrics, but maybe it's honestly that that keeps me around. Like, it's not, like, complicated. It's just, like, that's what I'm feeling. I don't know. It's frustration. And, like, again, that inward sadness and self-reflection, that is so good. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> no use for a name. The Cure, obviously. Like, just go listen to their top songs and then go find better covers of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for pop punk my uh, albums of choice would be uh the academy is santi s-a-n-t-i um that's a fantastic skinny jean punk record um commit this to memory by motion city soundtrack is flawless and then boxcar racers self-titled album for uh post pop punk uh the wonder years the greatest generation is very very good um, modern baseball's holy ghost and oh god I wrote down too many of them Swordy noises you're uh you're not as blank as you think you are and then forged which one have i not talked about have i not talked about punk rock no I did pop punk no pop.
0: the last one is gonna be right. post pop
1: that's it thank you post pop punk the menzingers um, um on the impossible pass god that was 2012. Are you kidding me? On the Impossible Past by the Menzingers is a very, very good album. Um, The Gaslight Anthem I would consider post-pop punk, but they're more so Americana punk, which is just a a turn that I don't know how to articulate, (laughs) but uh, their album, Handwritten, is just perfect top to bottom and has that lyric, uh, with this pen I thee wed from my heart to your distress. It's, um, which is very much, that's, that's it. That's the emotions of, I'm getting this out, putting it on this page, and I want to, uh, you to apply it to your situations. Like, it's just very f- open. The last one, the Front bo- Bottoms, just, yeah, go to the, go listen to the Front Bottoms music on Spotify. That's it. Like, that's what's so frustrating. Now <laughs> I don't have to have, like, albums anymore. I just go listen to the top ten tracks on Spotify, and you've got a pretty solid idea. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, internet has changed that whole thing dramatically. It really has. So to to kind of to wrap up here, um, this is I think a pretty solid primer on pop. So if uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go hit some of these up. Not today, uh, later, <laughs> T- tomorrow or Monday. Um, sorry, when I'm recording this, it's a busy day for me.
1: Um, it's gonna be.
0: It's going to be fun, but busy day. Um, So what what we want to close out with here is where would you like to see punk music go from here?
1: I want punk to continue to be inclusive. I want it to get more inclusive, and I want it to break the chains that it kind of has where people look at it and think denim jacket mohawk. Because the idea I want the idea of punk being where you go when you have nowhere else to go to be to be the main thing. Because that's what's most important about it, and you gets brushed to the wayside in in favor of angrier looks and like more frustrated looks. But you can be frustrated, and you can welcome other people and being frustrated with you. And that's such an important lesson: is to be sad, be angry, be happy, but whatever you are, just let others partake in that with you. It doesn't have to be just you. And yeah. Uh,
0: it's it's really weird that, that this uh, anti-establishment kind of movement has become the establishment.
1: Right? Hmm. Hmm. Johnny? Rotten? Look at me, buddy. I'm coming for you. Like, it's so... <laughs> I remember reading uh, Sid Vicious, who's the bass player for the Sex Pistols, like a biography written on him. And it's just very much like, oh, why don't these people dress like me? Oh, like, oh, they have an apartment? Sellouts. It's like... Struggling isn't cool. Like that's the like, it's not. It's when you have to for like jump through hoops to make it so you don't succeed or you can 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 continue to struggle. That like, what? That's so frustrating because there's so many of us that do have to struggle that don't want to stay this way. <laughs> like, and the Sex Pistols glorify it and try to draw attention to staying that way. And if you try, if you want to get out, oh, you're bad. Oh, it's bad that you don't want to suck for the rest of your life. I hate Johnny Rotten. I hate his stupid <laughs> face. He is the worst. He is the antithesis of punk music he should not be allowed in our punk parties. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's a, uh, this has been a, a real good, real good conversation. This is stuff that I had no idea about. It's certainly given me a better appreciation for songs that have wound up on my phone <laughs> through one thing or another over the years. It makes me want to go explore a bit more. So um, Riley, thank you so much for coming back on.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. I just, I legitimately like talking about nerd sh**. You just let me, like, run my mouth off for 40 minutes, and I'm well more than happy about that.
0: It's what I do. I'm a giver. Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, Riley, where can people find you on the internet?
1: If you want to find me, listener, out there in the void, you can find me at at Twitter, at Reverend Rye Bread. Rev, Rye Bread. Rev like Reverend, Rye like bread, and bread like also bread. If you want to find my stuff on YouTube, you can go to Alien Happy Hour, which is the network that I'm a part of. We post sketch- sketch, ugh, sketches, skits, lots of good stuff on there. And then we have podcasts, too. If you go to your iTunes library and type in Alien Happy Hour or SoundCloud or whatever whatever you prefer, you can see me on the chat room, on Movie Club, Lucky Sevens, Intended Audience. So much stuff that I get to be part of. So please, go check that out. I'd I'd appreciate you, you listening to me. Fuck. Oh, more. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Alien Happy Hour is a Patreon. <laughs> if you want to pay me to forget about you, then go to patreon.com slash Alien Happy Hour. Where we have, uh, we have some good bonuses and stuff. If we uh, As we get higher, we're going to, you know, maybe actually get an editing computer. So I won't be editing and recording off of my gross laptop from, I guess, 2012. Because I got it with On the Impossible Past. So... <laughs> It's an old oh. boy, but, but he's doing good. But Yeah, that's, what, that's me. That's me in a nutshell. Find me on the internet. I like talking. I'll talk to you. Be my friend.
0: <laughs> you can find us on the internet at fifthdraw.com, follow us on Twitter at fifthdraw, or email us at social at fifthdraw.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Hoodley. If you enjoyed this episode, why not give us a rating and a review, or maybe tell a friend. Getting the word out helps us immensely. Our music is arcade montage by Lee Roosevelt and can be found at the Free Music Archive. That's all for this week. We hope you'll join us next week for another episode. And hey, thanks for listening.